Let's see. We're going to get the call here. We're getting the right call. That's all that matters. After review, good goal. Good goal. After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal. And welcome back to Under Review. I'm Greg. He's Steve. How's it going this afternoon, Steve? Um, pretty good. The month of January is almost over, which is always the longest month of the year. Um, always feels like it lasts like three years in itself. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always happy when January is over. Um, the Rangers being on a bye week the week after the All-Star break doesn't make it any better. Um but yeah, you know, aside from that, I'm just counting down the days until I fly to New York again. When do you go back? Uh, 20th of March. I'll be in New York for 17 days. Dang. How do you get so many days off, man? Like, I don't understand you Europeans. How do you get like a thousand days off? Um, well, I think the legal minimum is 25 vacation days. That's not fair. Um, and depending on the job you have, you could get some extra, um, I usually, when I travel for work, try to fly in on Sunday and fly back home on Saturday, which gives me two compensation days. So, you know, I, I stack those and then for this trip, I only had to use five vacation days. Yeah. That would never work here in America. They'd be like, oh, well, you're flying on a Sunday. That's your, that's your, that's on you. Yeah. It's uh, it's a beautiful thing. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'll be in New York for, for, for a little over two weeks. I'm going to a Mets game at City Field. Um, going to see the Yankees in Baltimore at Camden Yards. Um, going to um, one of the Ranger games at the end of the season. I haven't figured out which one yet. Um, but I'll, I'll be at Madison Square Garden for a couple games. Um, and what else? Um, Oh, and um, I'm actually going to two New York Islander games, which may sound weird to people, but I want to add the Barclays Center and the uh, Coliseum to my list of NHL arenas before the Islanders move to their to their new home. Um, so I get to add two new arenas to my list. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And the, the tickets are pretty cheap too. I think I think I got the tickets for the Islander game for I think seventeen dollars. Which is European prices, man. So dang, that's really cheap. Yeah, just like that's, ridic- that's ridiculously cheap, actually. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm going to see a couple of hockey games, a couple of baseball games. My girlfriend's really excited to take me to Baltimore because she loves the Inner Harbor in Baltimore. Uh, nice. And yeah, the Mets game we're going to is at City Field, so we'll go back to the place where we first met two years ago at the Winter Classic. So that'll be fun. Cool, man. Nice. All right, let's get on to some, uh, some, some business at hand. Um, so there's not much Ranger talk, really. I mean, they haven't been playing any games. And um, let's be honest, guys, this is, this is going to be another tank year. Um, so even when the games do start, I mean, I don't know about all the other fans, but I'm in, like, you know, I, I'm already on, on the tank, and I'm pushing it forward. So um, that's just me. And we'll I, talk I, have, I have a quick question for you, actually, regarding the word tank. What do you consider a tank? Do you consider a team in a lottery position to be automatically tanking? Or do you feel that 
it's only tanking when senior management has given up, like the Red Wings. I think tanking is when you acknowledge that you're not one of the better teams and you're playing for development and lottery picks as opposed to a playoff push. So it's, it's trading away key, key pieces at the deadline a sign of tanking then? Um, if it depends on your, 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 I mean, in theory, kind of, um, it just, it, it, it is very, a quirky way to look at it, but in theory, yeah, I think if you're trading off key pieces, you're not making a, a push. So yeah, I mean, you kind of are tanking. You're, you're, okay. you're hoping for picks. You're trying to get futures. Well, we'll, we'll actually get into this later when we talk about the Kreider situation, but um, there's something else we need to talk about, which is not Rangers related or even hockey related. But yeah, yeah, let's 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 just let's just get get it out of there. Um, so earlier this week, um, I mean, everybody and in, in, everybody who even if you follow sports, even if you don't follow sports, everybody knows that um, about the, the tragic incident with uh, with Kobe Bryant earlier this week. Um uh, it's an understatement to say that it's that it's shocked the the sports world. Um, it's shocked this country. Um, and if you know anything about the NBA, the NBA has a massive global following. So um, it, this is something that's felt kind of worldwide. Um, it's not just people in LA. It's not just people like basketball. This is something that a lot of people around the world are kind of impacted by because the NBA is such a global game. Um, and Kobe was, you know, uh, was an icon. So uh, it it's 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 a huge deal man um it really is like a, a a huge huge deal yeah and um i don't follow basketball i've said that before on this show but uh even here in austria it was on the news that kobe bryant died in a helicopter crash and if i would have to compare it sports wise to someone passing away i think for, for me living in europe the closest thing is probably um, like like hockey related. Probably Derek Bugard, which was a huge shock, and but that was also an active player. Um, I guess the Sean Taylor death uh, comes close to how how much it impacted the sport that person was playing, but. I don't think there has been an athlete that died this suddenly, this unexpected at such a young age that was as big as Kobe Bryant. Because I think I think this death is bigger than those. I think this death is 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 huge. I think I think its impact. I mean, I, I'm I think his impact is more than just an athlete who died. I mean, I'm I'm putting this on the same platform that I would put, um, you know. Uh, you know, um, Robert Kennedy dying or, or, you know what I mean? Like I'm talking about something like princess Diana dying. Like it's a major, major person who is known past his little, you know, sports circle. He's a, you know, he's someone that musicians know who he is, yeah. uh, you know, uh, um, not, not, it's not just athletes, you know, movie stars know who he is. Any celebrity in Hollywood knows who he is. He, he is Hollywood in the yeah. sense of like, he's from, you know, he, he lives in California. Um, so it's, it's, it, it gets bigger than that, man. He's just, you know, he, the, 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 the NBA is, is massive here in the States and it's even just as big globally. So I, it's hard for me to even equate how big of an impact this is, but I don't think Bugard or, I mean, it's just so much bigger than that stuff, dude. It's, I think the impact is, is astronomical. I've never seen so many NBA players be shooken up. I've never seen how much media coverage this is going to get. And it's only, you know, impacted 
or um, it's it's made even bigger by the fact that his daughter was there and she passed away in, in, in the crash. And um, there was a, a baseball coach and yep. his kid. And I think there was a couple. There was another kid and another another woman in there as well. So it's like multiple people are are, are, are dead. It's multiple kids. And these are kids who had a bright future and, and, and haven't even really experienced life yet. So it's it's tragic in a lot of ways, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we talk about Kobe Bryant because he was a, a star. You know, he's a he's a legend in basketball. Um, but the other the other people that died in that helicopter crash, you know, they should be mourned to the same degree. But unfortunately, you know, we don't know those people at all or as well as we know Kobe Bryant. And for someone who lives in Europe and doesn't follow basketball at all, I knew who Kobe Bryant was. I knew that Kobe Bryant played with number eight and number 24. I know he played for the Lakers his entire career. He was drafted when I was still in elementary school, 1996. I went to high school in 97. So that long ago, and he played in the NBA for 20 years. And I think in my lifetime, after Michael Jordan, he's probably the biggest basketball player in, in my lifetime. I was born in 1984. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tragedy. And, and I, on Sunday, I was, I was so tired. I, I, was, I took a nap for a few hours and I woke up. And I checked Twitter and all I saw was, please don't let it be true. Oh, no, Kobe. And the first thing I thought, because everyone was talking about Kobe, 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 I thought there was maybe an earthquake or a tsunami in Japan because one of the biggest Japanese cities is named Kobe. So <laughs> for like a minute, I was like, oh, maybe there's another nuclear reactor that's, that, they're, that they're having issues with, like in Fukushima. And then the messages started rolling in that Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash. And I was like, oh, shit, this is, this is bad. And still, it's been, what, four days? And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think anyone will recover from this. Uh, no, I don't think so either. In, in, in the next couple of days. And, and I was surprised the NBA did not cancel the games for Sunday. Um, yeah, I was a little shocked at that too. Um, the only counter argument I can make for that is um, I've listened to a few, a few NBA athletes. And some of them have made this comment. And I thought it was quite genius actually. Is if you know anything about Kobe Bryant, he would have wanted people to play. Yeah. So and, it's almost like, you yeah. know what I mean? So I, that's a fair, fair point. And but the other thing is for the, the NBA early, should have canceled the game. So yeah, for the early games on Sunday, I think it was also too, 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 uh, there wasn't enough time to cancel the games because, but they could have canceled the evening games though. They could have canceled the evening games, but you know, the early games, the fans are already in the arena or on their way to the arena. Um, right. But the tributes, I mean, it was, it was fantastic. Uh, I agree. Madison Square Garden lit up in uh, yellow and purple. Um, a lot of teams in their games on Sunday let the shot clock run out because the shot clock's 24 seconds and 24 was Kobe Bryant's number. So yep. that was, I, say, I thought that was pretty cool too. That was a real, you know, and those things, you know, when that happens, when that coincidence happens, you just have to take advantage of it. And 24 in itself is, and I'm a numbers guy, I think 24 is one of the best numbers in existence because 
there's so much that can be that can be traced back to the number 24 you know the number of hours in a day uh, pure gold is 24 carat um, so there's the number 24 is very significant so and then the shot clock is also 24 seconds that was that was pretty cool um, and teams, regardless of who won the, well, what, 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 what do you call like that, that basketball face-off? Is it like, what would, like, 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 what? It's the, uh, it's, it's the opening tip-off. Tip-off. Okay. Yeah. So regardless of which team won the tip-off, uh, both teams would let the shot clock run out. And you could tell that even the referees were like, yeah, you know, this, this, this just needs to happen. And the tributes for Kobe Bryant all over the world were amazing. Um, what, what I what I heard here in Europe, um, there's a football team in Italy, AC Milan, one of the one of the most popular football teams uh, or soccer. But you know, when I say football, I mean soccer. Right. One of the most popular teams in the world. Kobe Bryant grew up in Italy because his dad played basketball in Italy, so AC Milan was his favorite team growing up. And they even uh, honored him before their game. Um, I think it was Sunday or Monday. They honored him before their game. So it, it transcends basketball. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I think the hockey equivalent would be Mario Lemieux passing away. Um, I, I, could, I, I could see that. I mean, the thing is, is I'm trying to think of a, of a hockey equivalent. Like, the thing is, is that he died so young. So it would have to be someone that... that Dominated the sport, retired, and like literally died very, like way too young. And it's hard for me to think of that athlete right now. Yager, um, maybe, nah, probably, probably not, probably not Yager. Um, it would have, like, it would. Okay, here's a good example. Say Sidney Crosby were to were to retire in the next few years, and then two years later or three years later, he dies in some crazy accident. That's probably a good comparison. I think on a global level, it might not even be—it might not be as close as the impact Kobe Bryant had. Because... No, I don't think so. I'm just trying to find something in the in the NHL world to an equivalent. It would probably be it would probably be Crosby retiring and like dying a few years later. Or if we if we take it to football, Tom Brady. Who is yeah, that? Tom Brady's a good one. He but is I, still, I, I think Tom Brady's probably another another good example of that. I think Tom Brady and probably Sydney. I, I mean, I'm trying. To, I was trying to think of a football of a, a baseball player that really might have that impact. You know, I don't. I don't think of. I don't. I don't know. Maybe Derek, Jeter. Derek Jeter is Derek is Jeter. Probably probably if Jeter if Jeter died in some tragic accident like this, that would probably be on the same scale. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just how big of a big of a deal that this is. You know what I mean? It's it's like like Kobe Bryant was as he was one of the best I've ever seen in my life. And even aside from that, he just you know he was he was a he was a um, he was very charismatic. He was um, good with the reporters. I, I mean, let's just go past the personal life stuff. But like just talking about him in terms of like how, how like how he was with the media, how he was with his teammates, you know, I mean, we could talk about the, 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 the Shaquille O'Neal stuff and there's, there's a bunch of drama there why they didn't win 10 titles in a row and Shaq eventually left. And, you know, th there was some drama about that. But at the end of the day, uh, one thing I could always say about Kobe is that you will be hard pressed in any sport to find someone that works harder than that. Dude. He is like the definition of work ethic. I mean, he's the kind of guy that would, he'd be the first one on the court in practice. He'd be the last one to leave every single day. 
You know, his, his whole mentality, that Mamba mentality was, I am, I'm not just going to be good on my talent. I'm going to outwork your ass. I'm going to outwork you. I'm going to show you that nobody wants as bad as I do. I'm going to outwork everybody. And it's just, you know, a, a lot of athletes, I think, today could, could really learn from that. Um, you know, the only two p- basketball players in my lifetime that I've seen with that killer instinct, that, that you know, that competitive drive and that, that ultimate ego to win and do anything to win and, you know, that just success is everything is Michael Jordan. And I didn't think anybody would ever come close to Michael Jordan until Kobe Bryant came. Kobe Bryant was the only player I've seen that when you watch his full career, you can actually step back and say, there's an argument there between Kobe and Michael. I still think Michael has a slight edge in terms of the better player, but it's damn fucking close. I mean, it's like one in one A. That's how damn close. I mean, Kobe Bryant was the, 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 the best, you know, killer assassin I've seen since, since Michael Jordan. Yeah, and this is, this is, this is a, a topic where I'm just going to let you talk because you, yeah, living in the U.S., you know, you are, you are more into basketball than I will ever be. So you know more about Kobe Bryant than I do. But what, what I know about Kobe Bryant is, is that he is, he is a star, like I said, that it transcends basketball. When you look at all the athletes that, that knew him, uh, who was it? I think it was Jake Muzzin who was interviewed and asked about Kobe Bryant and the 2014 Stanley Cup Finals where the Kings beat the Rangers. Uh, Kobe Bryant spoke to Jake Muzzin when they were down in one of the games, I think. And he said he just calmed down Jake Muzzin and the rest of the team and they ended up winning that game. And uh, Alex Ovechkin uh, had, a, had, a, had a tweet about him and and even outside of sports, you know, the 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 the, the talk show hosts in the U.S. Uh, like was it Jimmy Kimmel? I think they all talked about Kobe Bryant on Sunday when it happened. And yeah, you don't really if if that happens to other athletes, I don't think you would you would see the same impact that that Kobe Bryant had on on the world at this age because that's that's the other thing we talked about he was 41 um i'm 35 myself that's that's i'm six years away from that age i i i don't even want to think about you know dying and and then the way he dies too in a helicopter crash is just it's you know if if he was suffering from like an illness then at least you're somewhat prepared you know it's coming um but yeah, this was just for the world um, a shock. Nobody saw this coming. It's unexpected, and I think you know I saw uh, uh, petitions online to have the NBA logo updated to a silhouette of Kobe Bryant, um, which in itself reminded me of the fact that the NBA logo hasn't been updated in decades. Whereas the NFL logo, the NHL logo, they had regular updates. The NBA, I don't think, has had an update in decades. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the way to go. I mean, yeah. Uh, okay, so what if what if in a few years Michael Jordan passed away? You're going to change the silhouette again? Um, I don't know. Um, but I'm not going to uh, get into that because, like I said, I'm not a big basketball fan, so it's not my place to, you know, get involved in that discussion but i thought it was i thought it was really nice that those petitions showed up and people are that invested in you know in in you know giving kobe bryant a legacy that will last for decades 
And yeah, and I, I'll be honest. I mean, I'm, I'm the whole changing the logo thing. I'm actually totally fine with it. I think it's a cool idea, man. Like, I think if the NBA did that, I think that would be a dope idea, and it would be kind of a nice little transition because the original logo is actually Jerry West, and Jerry West was the one who actually wanted Kobe Bryant and traded for him. So it's kind of a nice little, you know, coming full circle, you know. You know, if you would have asked me 20 seconds ago who the silhouette of the NBA logo was, I would not have been able to tell you. I have no <laughs> idea who Jerry West is. That's totally fine. Jer- Jerry West is, yeah, Jerry Jerry West is a very famous uh, LA Laker um, and um, Hall of Famer, and he's, I believe, he's the general manager now for the owner of the, the Lakers. I think. Okay. Yeah, I think he's. I think I think he is the GM now. Yeah, um, it, but it, uh, but yeah, no, he. Um, yeah, so that's it. That's him on the logo. So it would just be kind of cool. Um, just I guess before we kind of wrap up the Kobe thing, I had some some like awesome Kobe moments. Like um, there was one cool game. Uh, I think it was against if I remember. Like uh, guys, don't quote me. I think it was against Toronto when he dropped like 80, 81 points. That was ridiculous. I mean, you never really see things like that in, in, in the NBA. I mean, players who score fifty that happens sometimes. Sixty once in a blue. Eighty. He dropped eighty one. I was like. The, best performance since like Will Chamberlain dropped 100. So I think that's uh that's kind of cool. And I think his last game, I think he dropped uh 60 points too, like his last game before he retired. So um those are two two kind of cool moments. Um I think what's really cool is I, I actually posted the, a, a cool little video on my Facebook page. Um maybe I'll when I'm when I get out of Twitter jail, I'll I'll, I'll post it. Um but um Basically, there's a cool little video where they take snippets of Michael Jordan and take snippets of Kobe Bryant and show you like they transition seamlessly from one athlete to the next. And they basically have the same exact moves, the same exact style, the same exact game. And you can see how Kobe Bryant modeled himself after Michael Jordan. And it's like it's it's just impressive how close he's come to that. Um, I, I Like I said, growing up. Michael Jordan was the best thing I've ever seen. And I remember plenty of conversations me and my dad would have where we would sit there and say, there is no chance, there's no chance that he would ever, 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 ever surpass, like no one would surpass Michael Jordan. No one would even come close to him, not even sniff it. Kobe Bryant did. Kobe Bryant, he, he came close. Where, you know, if someone made an argument and they said, ah, I think I'd rather have Kobe than, than, than Jordan, I mean, I might disagree, but I don't think you're crazy. Like, you're actually in the conversation. You know, a few decades ago, I would have never said that. Never said that. So I just think things like that are, are, are kind of interesting, you know I mean? Yeah. So it's um, – because I assume the Lakers have retired his number already. Maybe Yes, both, both of his numbers are retired. Oh, okay. Do you think there might be a, a, an urge to have, like, a Gretzky-type – retirement of his number league-wide i mean i could see that because mark cuban of the dallas mavericks has already said that he's going to retire the number 24 at um for the dallas mavericks okay so no one no no dallas maverick can ever wear 24 again so could i see some teams kind of on their own doing that yeah i mean could the nba maybe do that maybe um i think I don't know what the NBA is going to do. I think they're going to do something cool because they know the impact this guy had. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, like if you're, I'll give you an example, man. Like, like when I talk about transcending sports, right? Like this is a, this is a, an interesting thing. And I think a lot of fans out there who do watch basketball understand this. Like how many times have you rolled up a piece of paper and you've thrown it towards a trash can and just said Kobe? 
I know I've done that a bunch of times, you know, and I'm not like, I'm not a Kobe Bryant fan, but I just, his impact where you just wanted to be him, just like you wanted to be like Mike, you wanted to be like Kobe. Huh. And I think that that's, that's a powerful thing, man. I, I, I didn't even know. So that I one. think the NBA is going to do something. I don't know what, whether the retire is, or his number outright or, huh. um, or whether they're going to change the logo. I mean, I think they're going to do something cool as a, as a universal tribute moving forward. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's just crazy that it happened. And, and, and the whole world is still in shock. You know, I've seen people say, you know, I woke up this morning and I just had to check Twitter to see if it actually happened. If it wasn't just some bad dream, and and you comparing it to Diana, um, you know that those are and and maybe there is no equivalent in sports to this in to, to this what happened this week. Um, I could think of one actually. I could think of one. Um, probably Roberto Clemente dying. Who? Roberto Clemente. Is that baseball? Yes. Okay. Um, he died in a plane crash. Very tragic. I okay. think he died. I'm pretty sure he died in a plane crash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you have to, if, if it's, if for people, it's one of those moments where, you know, 20 years from now, you will still remember where you were when you heard it. Then it will be on par with Diana dying in, I think there was 97. Um, yep. Um, and yeah, for me, th there are only a few moments where now, uh, at age 35, I still remember where I was. Um, Diana dying, um, the moment uh, where I heard that uh, a plane crashed into the World Trade Center on 9-11. Right. I know exactly where I was, and that was, that's, that, that's, that's, that will be 19 years ago this year. Yeah. And, I still remember where I was and, and how I heard it. And, you know, the certain moments for me, the Kobe Bryant thing might not be, might not have that kind of impact, but I can understand for a lot of people, it will be an mm. impact on that scale. So, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think for, I think for me, it's probably the, 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 um, the two that um, the princess Diana thing. I remember that pretty clearly. Um, I remember the 9-11 thing and I'm, and I'm, oh, I'm obviously, and I'm, and I'm going to remember this Kobe Bryant thing. Like those three moments, I remember exactly where I was when, when I heard the news. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and, um, and, and, and I remember the exact state of the state, state of mind I was in, what I was doing, like those things are just very vivid. And I think for older people, it might be comparable to the JFK assassination when they found out about that. I think that's fair. I think that's, I think that's fair in terms of just, you know, big news, um, yeah. you know, JFK, uh, Martin Luther King, like just, you know, and I, and I mean, this in terms of just iconic figures, you know what I mean? Like people like iconic figures, when something tragic happens, you just remember that moment. You're like, wow, I remember when I heard that news, Yeah. you know, or, you know, like, you know, the day the music died when like, you know, Buddy Holly crashed, like I'm pe older people, they remember that. They remember when Buddy Holly and Richie Valens died. They remember that, you know? So it's like there are going to be some iconic moments. And I think for my generation, Kobe Bryant is definitely one of them. You know, it's going to be like he was a, he was a big star. And, you know, uh, you're just going to remember that. because Especially because he died, he died tragically. It's not like he was sick. It's not like he, um, you know what I mean? It's, he died in a tragic way. He died in a helicopter crash with his, with, you know, with his daughter. That's yeah. that's fucking. There's that is tragic. At a young age of, he was in his forties, dude. 
Yeah. Um, I'm not that, me and you are not that far behind from them. No, no. And that's, that's, that's maybe the, not necessarily the scary thing, but that's the, that's the, the thing that makes you, you know, sit back and think, wow, it's, you know, it, it can be over before you know it. Um, yeah. I don't want, one final thing I'll say about this, and this is going to be criticism towards media outlets in general. Mm-hmm. I was, I, look, I understand that everybody wants to be the first to report and this and that, but it is absolutely disgusting and embarrassing that in the span of 30 minutes, there were five different reports. One report said that Kobe Bryant was survived by his four daughters. One report said that he and his four daughters were on the helicopter. Another report said that he was the pilot. Look, aside from the fact that I think the family should always be notified before the media does anything with the news, because family should never find out through media, I think that, that the media should, you know, sit back and look at the situation and realize that, you know, it's better to get it right than to get it wrong and, and cause more chaos than, than the situation would have caused in itself already. I yeah, think, I, I, I think I, it's I embarrassing. I agree with that. I completely I agree with that. Um, that's, that's all I wanted to say about that. I just think it's embarrassing. I think you're absolutely right. It is embarrassing. It's a, it's a fucking shame. Like the media that they just want to jump on a story. They want to be the first to report it. And they don't care if the information is correct or not correct. They just want to get their, their news out there and hope it's right. And hope that their source was correct. And they don't care about anything else. They're not informing the families. They're not talking to the, 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 you know, the, the, um, the law enforcement. They're just like, oh, let me get our scoop out there. And it's like, yep. man, you, you, you're kind of a fucking savage. Like, and I don't respect that in a, in a non-respectful way. Like, man, like just, you know, like... Let, let, let the family grieve, let them, let them find out and let them find out the real facts and the real truth. Okay. Yeah. Like these are real people. Like oh. I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want that done to me and I would never do that to anyone else. Yeah. And then another thing, I saw this, this headline today by the New York post saying that his wife cannot finish a sentence without crying. Why do we need to know? Just leave him alone. Just leave, just leave her alone. Like why, why, why are we bothering her? Leave her alone. Let her grieve. Like just leave her alone. Yeah. When she's ready to talk and all of that stuff, she will. And I know that it sells because some people want to read it, but this is, you know, it, it, it annoys me so much. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, man. I completely agree. Um, but yeah, let's, so there's not much Ranger news, so we'll kind of go, go quickly through some things. Um, yeah, I, know uh, you want, I know you want to talk about the, uh, the Euro kit, so I'll let, I'll let you kind of go off on that. Prospect talk. Yeah, let's uh, switch to some uh, happier news. Um, as some of you know, we have this Finnish kid uh, in the system that uh, plays for TPS, Lauri Pajuniemi, um, has a great season, uh, 23 goals up to this point. He's on pace for over 30, which would be the most goals by, um, sorry, he's on 23 goals. Uh, he, he's on pace for 30 to 35 goals at the end of the season, which would be the most in that franchise history since 2000. Um, 
And he's been rewarded. He um, is 20 years old and he got his first ever call up for the senior national team. Um, so that's great news for Laurie Payuniemi and also for Ranger fans because there will be even more Payuniemi hockey to watch. Um, Finland plays uh, a couple of games against countries like Sweden, Norway and Denmark for the European Hockey Challenge. Uh, and if things go well, he might even get an invite for the Euro Hockey Tour, which is uh, at the end of April, early May, where they will play the Czech Republic, Russia and Sweden. Um, so yeah, great news for him um, and uh, well deserved, well deserved for him. Um, and over in Sweden, there's some some news. Uh, Carl Henriksson is back with Frölunda. Uh, he was on loan with um, Söder Talia in the Hockey Allsvenskan, which is the second tier of Swedish hockey. Um, and uh, that was a temporary loan. So he's back with Frölunda. Played in the semi-final of the Champions Hockey League against Nils Lundqvist and Luleå. Uh, Frölunda will actually play in the final because they beat Luleå. They will play in the final on Tuesday, the 4th of February, uh, against Mountfield from the Czech Republic. Uh, so yeah, good for him. He gets some uh, he gets some some decent minutes in uh, in the last couple of games. Played on the top line with Joel Lundqvist, Henrik Lundqvist's uh, twin brother. Um, so yeah, good for him that he finally gets a chance with the uh, with with the team that he grew up with. Um, and then yeah, the last news from Sweden. Uh, some people probably already know this, but Lias Andersson has actually been loaned out to HV seventy one which is the team he played for before he was drafted by the Rangers in 2017. Um, so he's no longer suspended without pay. Um, he's been uh, practicing with the team um, and he looks happy. He did an interview on, on Swedish television. I actually uploaded it on YouTube yesterday with English subtitles. So if anyone is interested, go to my Twitter feed. Uh, in the last few tweets, you should be able to find it. It's about a three, four minute interview. And it's, it's, it's an interesting, interesting watch for people who are interested. Um, yeah, he's, 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 they, they expect him to be ready to play again on the 11th or 12th of February. Um, and I think for him, it's good. You know, he gets to play some hockey, gets his feedback under him. I don't expect him to play for the Rangers again. I just think the Rangers are trying to make the best of the situation see if he can maybe uh, restore some of his value for a potential trade in the future where in a change of scenery type situation, he would play for a different team in the NHL if he ever makes it. Um, but yeah, the, um, the last two months have been, you know, interesting for him to say the least. Um, and it's, I'm, I'm happy for him that, he's, that, he's, that he finally gets to play hockey again. Yeah, I mean, I think that's 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 fair. I mean, you know, at least he's playing. Yeah, exactly. He's playing, so that's at least something. Um, I maybe maybe this summer he'll fly over and and join prospect camp, and they'll take it from there. Um, I'm not sure if 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 the ship has sailed. I don't think the situation. I don't think it's it's beyond repair, but. I think the oh, I definitely of, think it is. I think the chance of him ever suiting up in a Rangers jersey is slim, and I'm being I'm being I'm being very polite here. Yeah, I know. What do you think percentage wise? If you had to put it, I mean, I think it's I think it's super low. Two, three percent, maybe. I think you're being kind. 
he would have to look. The only reason he would ever play for the Rangers again is if he goes up, goes to Hartford, plays there for a full year, and forces his way onto the team by becoming a point per game player. That's the only way I could see it happening. But I don't, I don't think he's going to be a point per game player in the AHL. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Maybe he'll stay in Sweden and he will carve out a nice career for him over there. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. I mean, that, that's, that's entirely possible. Um, I think at this point, I mean, do you think he's tradable? At, at, as of today, no. Um, yeah, I kind of I agree with that. But, you know, what's the harm in loaning him out to his former team in Sweden and see if there's maybe a chance he can, he can restore some of the trade value? Um, you know, it happens all the time where, where, where two teams trade a prospect that just needs a change of scenery, where the team has given up on a player, but there's still some sort of, you know, some, some sort of uh, uh, talent or, or, you know, a, a possibility of those players ever making it with a different franchise, a different organization. Um, maybe if Nashville decides a year from now that they don't see a future for Eli Tolvanen, it could be a, a one-for-one trade where both uh, will get a change of scenery. Who knows? Because let's be honest, Eli Tolvanen is not really setting setting uh, the league on fire for the for Milwaukee either in the AHL. Um, yeah, um, at the moment he has no trade value, but who knows what the future will bring? Um, I'm not holding my breath though. I think. I think it's much more likely that he will spend the rest of his career in Sweden. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Um, so let's yeah. move on to uh, let's move on to well, um, probably hold on, hold on, hold on, uh, because there was also uh, the AHL uh, All Star Game. Shestjorkin um, didn't play, which was a bit of a disappointment. But um, we had Vinny Letary and Joey Keane. In the um, in the uh, skills competition, and I think Joey Keane was faster than Chris Kreider in the uh, fastest skater competition. What? I think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't believe that. I think he beat him by by like a tenth of a second. I don't know if if it's the exact same distance in the AHL All Star Game or, or or skills competition, but um, yeah, just something I wanted to throw out there. I don't believe that. I got to see that. I'm going to look it up for you. and I'll, I'll Yeah, look- I, I, I'm going to call bullshit until I see that. I don't believe that. I, I don't believe that. I'm so skeptical that he was faster than Chris Griner. Uh Joey Keane, fastest skater, 13.453 seconds. Get uh, the fuck out of here. Uh, Chris Kreider, fastest skater. Um... I think he's like 13.5 something, right? I think it was 13.5. Yeah. Man. 13.5. Joey Keane is faster than Chris Kreider. Fake news. Really? That's what you're going with? Fake news. uh, Alternative facts. Fake news. Let's just say that, you know, Joey Keane has really exceeded expectations. Let's 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 not even talk about this fastest skater competition at the old I, I would agree I would agree with that. I I think he's he's on on par with Timothy Liljegren and who's the other one? Evan Bouchard. 
for that's uh, incredible if you can turn Joey Keane into either one of those kind of prospects. And Joey Keane was, I think, a fourth round pick in 2018. Yeah, uh, I think he was. He was like a third or fourth round pick. I, I know he was second year eligible, so he was all he was already. Um, he could have been drafted the year before. Uh, yeah, third round pick, actually. Yeah, I, I, was gonna say, I was pretty sure he needed a third or a fourth round pick. I do remember that. So if you think about it, the 2018 draft for the, uh, for the New York Rangers, um, aside from the first round where they got Kravtsov, Miller, and Lundqvist, um, it, it looks pretty good for the Rangers uh, with, their, with their later picks so far with Joey Keane and Laurie Payuniemi. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, and and do you uh, remember the Swedish defenseman they drafted, uh, whose dad is a scout for the Rangers, Simon Schelberg? No. Um, they drafted him in um, let me see in, in the sixth round in 2018. No. He has 10 points in 22 games uh, for RPI in uh, in the NCAA. Eh, as a defense. Nice. So yeah, the 2018 draft is looking pretty decent. A year and a half down the line. Yeah, there might be some, uh, there might be some, some, you know, um, diamonds in the rough there. Yep. So it's 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 fun to watch these prospects, you know, and and I don't get to watch Hartford a lot, but when I do, I I always focus on guys like Rikov and Joey King, and of course Shevchenko before he uh, was called up to the Rangers. Fair enough. Um, any any other uh, minor league or AHL or European news or, or anything else you want to talk about? Um, no, not really. I think that's it. Well, Niels Lundqvist is just, you know, dominating, but he has all season. That's not really news. Okay. Uh, he's two points away from uh, breaking the record for most points by an under 20 defenseman in Swedish hockey ever. And I think he has 15 games to do it. So that's pretty impressive. That is really impressive. Yes. Uh, to be fair, we have to, I have to add that. Players like Victor Hedman and Rasmus Dahlin didn't really play when until they were 19. You know, they moved to the NHL when they were 18. But still, mm-hmm. for an under-20 defenseman to put up those numbers as a late first-round pick, that's really good. Really good news for the Rangers. And you can only be happy about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. it like I said, I, I, I have some good expectations for for Nils. So I, uh, that's that's always good news. Yeah. But um, I think I think like I said, I think the major news now is going to be going on in the next couple of weeks is 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 you know the trade deadline, and I think the everything is going to go around Chris Kreider. It's time for trade talk. Let's talk about Chris Kreider because I don't think he's going to be a Ranger for for much longer. I tend to agree with you. I don't think the Rangers are going to keep him. Um, I just don't know where he's going to go. I still think this is a very up-in-the-air kind of thing. Now, here's, here's what I think is really interesting. I think the market is red-hot for him. Oh, I uh, think you're going to get a – I think you're going to get it. Like, I think whatever – like, the, the return we expected for, um, for Kevin Hayes, the return we expected for a few other guys that we've traded off at, at various points, I think the return we're going to get for Chris Kreider might compensate for some losses we've had in previous uh, trade-off deadlines. Yeah, I wouldn't really consider. Um, uh, I wouldn't really consider the the returns we got for like Zuccarello and Hayes a loss. Um, 
I just I think, thought we were going to get more for Hayes, though. I, my, my, my value for Hayes was a little bit higher. I thought we got a little bit less than I wanted. I think we're going to make up for that in this Kreider trade. I think we're going to get probably another piece more than we're, we're going to. We maybe, can. maybe. And that's, that's very likely. Chris Kreider is, uh, uh, when it comes to possession, a really good player, um, probably worth a little bit more than Hayes. But in recent years, we have seen that GMs around the league are no longer giving away those those prime pieces. And um, I spoke to uh, spoke to some people who said that the Boston Bruins are very interested, which shouldn't come as a surprise. But I think the Rangers are also interested in in doing business with the Boston Bruins because I don't want part- anything from Boston. Though. That's it- the problem. See, here's the thing. Despite not having like those top prospects that other teams have, they might be one of the best trade partners because those top prospects aren't in play anyway for a rental. You know, it's 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 not like Mark Stone, who um, you know signed who who signed an extension like I think days after being traded to Vegas. It was I I consider that a sign and trade. Uh, where they got Eric Bronstrom and I think a first round pick or a second round pick. I don't think that deal is is possible for Chris Kreider. Um, but when you have several teams interested in Kreider who are currently fighting to you know for the playoffs, you you sh- you should be able to get a really good return. And if Boston has um, like the players that the Rangers want. Um, my my, my my problem is is that I don't think Boston can come can come up with a package that would beat other other organizations out. And 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 that's the thing, you know, how much are those other organizations willing to pay? Um, but even their, I, even I, their even a bottom level package from another organization is probably better than something I would get from Boston. They just don't have much to give. Period anymore. Look, I I think the two teams in the West who are most likely to go after Chris Kreider are the Colorado Avalanche and the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, I'm still thinking Colorado. Colorado to me still just makes the most sense. Okay, so when you look at Colorado, um, you have to you have to accept the fact that someone like Alex Newhook will not be available. I I've already accepted that. That's fine. Uh, which means you're you're left with maybe Shane Bowers or yeah, Martin Kaut, who. I'm not so sure about because, you know, that that heart condition that was diagnosed at the combine still lingers a little bit for me. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the Colorado Avalanche, we've, we've mentioned this before, too. The Colorado Avalanche are historically awful drafting outside the top 10. So can we because, you know, Joe Sackett gets gets a lot of credit for what he does as a GM. But the Colorado would you Avalanche, would you would you say that Kerfoot is completely off the radar for 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 Toronto? Kerfoot, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. They 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 just acquired him last summer. Are they are they already you know ready to move on from him? I don't think Toronto is interested in Kreider anyway. You don't think so? Okay. I just figured like because of you know how much we're going to be paying him, they could probably fit him under the cap and. You know, Toronto could always use, could always, you know, if they can't fix the defense, might as well fucking just go for broke on offense. Yeah, I think Toronto, if they if they're going to make a trade, they're going to make a trade for defense. Um, uh, I just don't see it happening with the Rangers because let's face it, we don't have the 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 defensive players that would be an asset for Toronto that would help out their defense 
aren't going to be on the block for the Rangers. Now, Adam Fox is not going to be traded. Um, Jacob Truba is not going anywhere. I see some people talk about, you know, Jacob Truba and how we should trade him before his no-move clause kicks in. Yeah, 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 this is not a video game. That's not happening. They, they negotiated a seven-year deal with him. They're not going to trade him just before his clause kicks in. Yeah. Um, so I think for Kreider, it's Boston, the Boston Bruins, St. Louis Blues, Colorado Avalanche are as the most likely destinations. Um, and yeah, then there's the situation with, with Georgiev. Where's and, he- yeah, and you definitely say Newhook is completely off the table. I don't, I don't see them trading Newhook because if they would have, if they would have, uh, um, that there, there was a story last year at the draft that they were in on Kreider, uh, and their first round pick uh, involved in the trade, and it fell through the moment Newhook was still on the board when they were on the clock. Interesting. I uh, mean, I, I the only way I could see it is if maybe there's a negotiation window for a contract. And that's that. That's the only possibility I see. That that's the Mark Stone scenario where Mark Stone. Uh, can negotiate a contract and he has the intention of staying with the team. Colorado certainly has the cap space to take him on. I don't know how they are financially because, you know, there are teams in the league that, that have the cap space, but not necessarily the money to spend all the way up to the cap. Yeah. Uh, the same Louis Blues should be able to fit him under the cap as long as Tarasenko is on IR. Right. Um, and that for me, you know, as a guy who loves the CBA and loves, you know, like the playing with the numbers, that would be a very interesting trade to see how that will work out because it reminds me of the Chicago Blackhawks in 2015 when they traded for Antoine Vermette. They had Patrick Kane on IR at the time, so they were able to spend over the cap because of that. And the moment uh, they went to the playoffs, Patrick Kane was, came back from IR, and there's no salary cap in the playoffs. Mm. So they, they, they took advantage of the rules, and St. Louis can do the same thing with Kreider here, with Kreider and Tarasenko being on IR. So if, if St. Louis does it, um, it will be just for the season. I don't see them signing uh, Kreider to an extension. Mm. Okay. I get that. Now, if we go to St. Louis, then, I mean, like, who are we asking for from St. Louis? I mean, like, really? Uh, from St. Louis, there's there's one guy I'd be interested in. Who? Klim Kostin. Yeah, I don't think they're going to – I was I was just going to go there. I don't think they're going to give them up, dude. I'd that be kid's, very, That kid's going to be really fucking good. I'd be very interested in him. Uh, yeah, but I don't think I don't think St. Louis is going to give him up. I would agree with you. I mean, if you're giving if you're giving me him for 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 Kreider, I mean, I'd do that swap right away. But I don't know if they're going to. I don't know if they would give him up. Um, yeah, because if, if they're willing, if they're willing to give him up, if that's a price that's okay, then that makes me think that you know it's totally possible that I can trade him to Colorado. You know what I mean? Like then that makes it a little little bit more possible that I can trade him to Colorado, mm. you know, uh, then maybe get Newhook. Because if you're willing to give him up, then, then, then Newhook is a fine ask. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you like, have I think to... if, that's the pri- if, that's the, if that's a reasonable price, then Gordon can turn around, can completely turn around and tell, and tell Colorado that, look, they're willing to give me Clem. You have to give me uh, uh, Newhook. Mm. 
And then, then it's a, you know, but then, you know, Joe Sack, he doesn't like to give up anything. So he wants everything. He wants to give up nothing. It's like, he wants to play. He wants to, he wants to do trades in like on, on uh, NHL 20. He doesn't want to do trades in real life. Hey, it worked out well with the Duchesne trade. Let's, let's give him credit there at least. <laughs> That's true. That's fair. That's fair. Um, which was such a weird tra- uh, three-way trade with the, with the Predators and the Senators. And, and now, I th- is, is, is Duchesne? Yeah. I've, so Turris in the three-way trade went to Nashville, and now Nashville signed Duchesne as a free agent. So they have two of the big pieces in the three-way trade in the end. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I, 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 I just think those three teams are the most likely for Kreider. Uh, most likely destinations. I don't see Toronto as a destination. I think Toronto is a destination for Georgiev. Um, I think another destination for Georgiev would be the San Jose Sharks, mm-hmm. who are probably they're probably the worst built team this season. I mean, they went all in on Evander Kane and Eric Carlson, and it just completely backfired. They they gave up their first round pick, which has the potential to be a lottery pick for the Ottawa Senators. The Ottawa Senators might end up with two picks in the top three if things go well in the in the draft lottery for them. Can you imagine? Can you imagine after after all the criticism for the Ottawa Senators, how they gave up a fourth overall pick to now get potentially two top three picks in the draft lottery in April? Crazy. Yeah. It is that is crazy. Um, the San Jose Sharks have a lot of good pieces. They just don't have these. They don't even have decent goaltending. Martin no, Joe, and who's the other guy? Aaron Dell. Nah. Uh, Georgiev uh, to San Jose. I could see happening. Um, who would I want from from San Jose? I guess if 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 there were talks about Kasperi Kapanen from Toronto, I would turn around and tell San Jose we'll trade you Georgiev for Kevin Labank. I don't what think. If, I don't. I, I don't know if it's if it's if it's realistic, but that's a comparable player to Kapanen. If if Gordon is only willing to part with Georgiev for for a player like Kapanen, then the San Jose Sharks equivalent would be Lebec. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't even know if that moves the needle. What for the Sharks? Yeah. Uh, well, they have to, they have to come up with something. I mean, what about, would you, I know this is, this is, I mean, this is kind of a player that is so out there. Would you ask for Ryan Merkley or you just want to stay away from him? Uh, no, I, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not interested in Ryan Merkley. Okay. Look, do we, do we really need another right-handed defenseman in the system? Listen, I'm just trying to get, you know. Honestly, I would just be looking to get pieces. I'm just looking to get good pieces that I can even flip somewhere else. I'm not even thinking about the best, not even the right fit. I'm just looking at best pieces, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I'll give, I'll give an example. Like, let's say for whatever reason Toronto wanted him, I'd probably ask for, like, you know, Nicholas Robertson or something, you know? Um, yeah, Nick Robertson. I don't, I don't think they're going to give that to me, but, you know, I would ask. Nick Robertson from Toronto makes sense, I guess. Um, I mean, I would just ask for like their, their. I would ask for some premium pieces. That's just thinking of premium pieces. I would just be asking for. That's all. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think Merkley does anything for the Rangers if he comes back in a trade. I don't think he, he, nah, I, I don't see it happening. 
if the Rangers are trading Georgiev, they're trading him for a forward who is close to uh, uh, contributing to the Rangers. They, they, they're not going to trade him for a draft pick or for a player who's 18 or 19 years old. Aside from what, what, what are some more what are some more landing spots for him? I'm trying to think now. For Georgiev? Yeah. Because uh, I think I think there's more than just a few, right? Well, um, you know, name a team with shitty goaltending. I mean, half the league. The the Devils, the Senators. The Senate with the, the Senators could really Senators could use him, actually. So could so I mean there's a lot of teams that could use him. There's a lot of teams that can use a 23-year-old starting goalie. Yeah. Colorado could. Colorado definitely could. Maybe we can package Col- uh, Kreider and Georgiev and 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 get get new hook and something else. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as for as for, as for Bowen Byron while you're at it, fuck it. Oh, that's a pipe dream, man. You know, I, I know. I, I'm just I'm just fucking around. I'm just saying. I don't, like, I don't want to acquire a defenseman, but if Bowen Byram is 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 you know on the table, I'm taking it and running away. Me, me too. But I mean, in all seriousness, though, I mean, like, I think if we could package a play, I mean, I don't think New Hook's an unfair ask. No, I just don't think you're getting New Hook for a rental player in Kreider. What if you What if you package? Um, more what if you package what if you what if you package him with georgia yeah maybe i don't know um i i know one thing the rangers are in desperate need of of some some talent on the wing because how many forwards do we have in the system like non-roster players that that have a a you know that are showing potential yeah, you have Morgan Barron, who plays for Cornell, Laurie Payuniemi, who we just mentioned, and Carl Hendrickson. That's it. Those those are your those are your forward prospects that you could expect something from. That's yeah. it. I mean, and we still talk. You know, the one team that really could use them actually, I think, is and I, and I don't know why they. I still think it makes sense. Is Toronto? Toronto actually needs them more than anybody else. Um. Yeah. yeah. Who are, you, who are you getting for Georgia? Um, I mean, I would like Rasmus Sandin. Yeah, that's not happening. I know. Um, I guess Nick Robertson is a good start. Uh, th- that's, a, that's a fair ask at that point. That's not an unfair ask. That, I don't think you would have any argument from anyone on, oh, in man, I, on that ask. I cannot wait to hear Sam Rosen for the next 10 years explain to us every week how Matthew Robertson and Nick Robertson are not related. Jeez, <laughs> don't, don't even get me started. <laughs> They're not even the same nationality, but all right. No. And, and, and I, you know, the, the, I'll, I'll say this. The one player in Toronto on their, in their, in their picking, pe- pecking pool that I probably would stay away from for some reason is probably Lilligren. I like Lilligren. No, I mean I like him, but I feel like I don't know the fairy dust kind of kind of fell off a little bit on him. I was a lot higher on him two years ago. Here's the thing: if the Rangers are acquiring a defensive prospect, he has to be good enough to be in the same conversation as Lundqvist and Miller, at least. Sunday, yeah, yeah, Sunday, yes, Lilligren and Merkley, no, 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 but. Would you put? Hmm. Yeah, probably not. 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think whether I would even rank Merkley. And I, I can't rank Ryan Merkley there. I can't. No. It's just not fair. Not a, no. You know, the, there was some talk about Jeremy Brocco, but I don't want him at all. I'm sorry, I don't want him. Are we are we really going to name players who grew up in New York? Just just to you know, just to you know, make up trade proposals. Yeah. I know Adam, I know Adam Falk grew up in New York, but I actually had a conversation earlier today about that. How often does it actually happen that a player who grew up a fan of the Rangers actually forces his way to the Rangers or somehow ends up with the Rangers in their prime? Shattenkirk doesn't count. He was a he was 28. Um, because it doesn't happen that often. Uh, James Van Riemsdyk. N- Never played for the Rangers. He was a Rangers fan growing up. Um, the only example I can think of in the last 10 years is Adam Fox. Yeah. That's the only example. So are we really going to just mention players like like Bracco just because they grew up in New York? And I know that Kevin LeBanc also grew up in New York. He's from Staten Island. But um, yeah, I think I think Kevin LeBanc is a better is a better player than Jeremy Bracco. And I would like Kevin LeBanc for two reasons. Um, I think he's a good addition to the Rangers on the wing. And I'm really looking forward to correcting everyone for the next 10 years when they misspell his name LeBlanc. <laughs> I'll be honest. I think, I think, I think the one trade that I, could, I, I really do like that we just kind of kicked the tires on today is if Toronto wouldn't mind sending us Nicholas Robertson, I would, I would do that for, for George Jeffrey. Because he's a he's a he's he's a he's a forward prospect that I feel like I, I feel like can be a real steal down the road, you know? Yeah. I mean he's he's having a good season. I think he plays plays in the OHO, Peterborough. Um, I think so. Peterborough Pete, yeah. Uh, he was good in the World Juniors. Um, yeah, sure. Let's get the other Robertson. Yeah. Uh, but hey, how, how we're like what four weeks away from the trade deadline? Yeah, it's it's pretty close, dude. It's right around the corner. It's getting serious now. So yeah, uh, any anyone else? You? I, I don't think Strom, D'Angelo, or Jesper Fox <laughs> on their way out. I think Foss is actually a possibility. I'm starting to lean maybe. I think they're gonna dang. I think I think here's the thing. I think Kreider and Georgiev are gonna be on the table. I think I think Gordon is gonna dangle guys like Fast, like Strom. Like D'Angelo, I think he's going to dangle these guys. Meaning, what's their appetite? How bad do you want these? I don't think Strom and D'Angelo are going anywhere. Um, fast, they'll only trade if they get something of value, like a third round pick or something. But if it's if it's if it's less than a third round pick, I don't think they're even going to trade him. They might, they oh might no, no, no! I wouldn't trade him. For, I wouldn't trade him for for anything higher than that. I would actually, yes. To be honest with you, I think I think you can get a second round pick for him. If a team is willing to, I mean, yeah, Jesper Fast has shown that he is versatile player. You know, he can yeah. slot in on the top line for a game or two and not look out of place. No, he's very, he's, he, you can, you, you can play him in a lot of, lot of scenarios. He's, he's got a lot of value there. So yeah. I think, I don't think a second round pick, especially for a team in the playoffs, which really that comes down to what the, the pick in the fifties. I don't think that's unreasonable. Yeah. I would do that. Someone offers me a second rounder for just for Jesper Foss. I think I would. I would have to think about that. Mm. But yeah. D'Angelo and and um, and Strom, I think, are interesting ones. I, I do think that that Gordon is going to think about them. I don't think I don't think there's anyone on this team really that he's not willing to to 
move in the right deal. I think he's still looking at this thing as we're still a work in progress. We still got a draft to do this this summer. We still got more things to do. I don't think this is even close to being a finished product, guys. So that's why I, I don't see him saying, oh, we're going to keep, we're definitely keeping this guy. We're definitely keeping this guy. Mm. I think he's like, I'm willing to, I'm willing, I'm, I'm willing to get younger and more skilled and, and, any, and, and, more, and, and, and cheaper however I can. And if you're willing to do that, I'm willing to do it. Yeah, and I, I think the next couple of weeks are going to determine if 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 the Rangers could. Uh, you, know, you don't have to convince me. The Rangers are not going to make the playoffs. The Rangers are out. Um, but there are still some fans who think we have a chance. We have a shot. Um, but I think the next couple of weeks are going to determine for everyone in this fan base whether or not we're going to go for it at the deadline or if we're going to be sellers. No, I, no. I want us to be sellers. I think we're going to be sellers. It's just, it's the most logical thing to do. And fans need to realize that rebuild takes more than two years. I completely agree. Um, we, so with we, that, yeah, let's see. Any, 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 anything topic. else we want, to wrap, we want to talk about? or Yeah, it brings us to the final topic I wanted to discuss because, of course, there was no Rangers game this week. Um the, the NHL, I almost wanted to say lockout. It feels like a lockout. The all-star break um, is one thing, but to have the bye week right afterwards is just brutal. Um, the Rangers are playing again on Friday uh, against the Red Wings. Then on Saturday, they play in Detroit. So it's a, as they call, home and home. Um, and then they play on Monday the Dallas Stars and on Wednesday the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, those are the four games they will play until we record our next session. Um, I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to get more than two points out of those four games. Yeah, um, they probably win one of the Detroit games. Yeah, they win, they win one and the other one they'll lose and they play against the Stars and the Maple Leafs who are both, you know, trying to go for it, make the playoffs. Uh, the Maple Leafs under Sheldon Keefe have been pretty good. Um, William Nylander and Mitch Marner are on fire. There's no way this Rangers team is going to beat them. No, I, I agree with you. I think they're going to get smoked by Toronto. And then the Dallas Stars, I mean, if you look at their top line, Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, and Radulov, that's, that's, that's going to be painful for this defense with Mark Stahl and Brady Shea. And who's the other guy? Oh, Lieber Hayek is in Hartford now. now who's, the, who's the third guy on the, guy on the third pairing? Is it Lindgren? No, Lindgren's hurt right now. Oh, I, I think they have Brendan Smith playing defense. That, oh, that's that's painful. Yeah, that is, I, that is ugly. I loved uh, uh, Quinn's response a few of, like in one of the uh, one of the last few one of the games I think last week or the week before, where I think Lindgren went out with an injury, and they continued to play the game with five defensemen because David Quinn didn't didn't feel comfortable putting Brandon Smith back on defense. Let that sink in for a second. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yep. Um, but hey, the three goalie systems seem to be one thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever, dude. I'm, honestly, I've already mailed in this season. I'm just waiting for the, the draft. 
Draft lottery in April. That's gonna yeah. Be- I mean, honestly, that's. I mean, I don't care about anything like this. I, I, I don't. I don't care. I don't want them to make the playoffs. I don't think this team is good. So yeah. I'm just like, lose every fucking game, please, please lose every game. It's fine. Lose, just lose, 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 lose. Get a get a top ten pick because this fucking draft is stacked. Get a top ten pick. Yeah, uh, the Rangers, I guess, if they get a top 10 pick, I'm really happy, really excited. This draft is going to be loaded. Um, in the top 10, you're getting a really good player. So let the draft lottery commence, and uh, let's see if we can get something nice exactly. out of like last year. Because that draft lottery in April was probably more exciting than any Ranger game I watched at 1am. <laughs> I stayed up for it. It was 2.30 in the... In- 2.30 in the morning. Yeah. I yelled louder for the draft lottery than I did for the Ranger, Ranger games that season. I, I, I believe it. Because of how significant it was for the Rangers organization. <clears throat> I completely agree with you, man. I know exactly how you feel. If we can get another one, that would be great. Uh, I agree. That, and that's what we need. We'll play four games in the next week. And, um, yeah, we'll discuss them on next week's show. Sounds good, man. All right, let's uh, let's wrap this up, and we'll be in touch next week. And let's see if we can get some, uh, you know, um, some questions for next week. And by that time, it'll be four games, so it'll be actually something that some some real hockey to actually talk about. Sounds good. All right, take care, man. All right, bye.